Good evening, Mr. Jones. Mrs. Jones, how the heck are you? I'm well, how are you? I am ironically exceptionally well. Good. I say ironically because I have been struck with the man cold of 2015. You do. You definitely have the man cold of 2015. Or the dreaded lurgy. Dayquil has been my friend and constant companion. Yes. And Nyquil has seen me through the night. Yes. And in seeing you through the night, it has done me no favors. <laughs> well, last night I thought I was drowning in my own snot and woke up gasping for air. But you seemed unaware of my current plight. Well, I had to drug myself to sleep so that I could get any sleep whatsoever. With the amount of noise in the room. I apologize. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 64 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. Keeping Up With The Joneses. (laughs) Well, we had a very busy week. We did. The Voice of the Apostles were in town this week. Yes, and their bodies as well, not just their voices. So Voice of the Apostles is a conference that is run annually by Randy Clark. And he booked out the Music City Center. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Music City Center. It is... A massive building. Enormous. Between the convention center and the hotel, it spans three city blocks. Yes. And we did an awful lot of walking. We did a lot of walking, but we got our rings. We did get our rings. If you saw on Instagram my phone, I just broke all the records this week from walking, walking, walking. Amazing. And we even found a plug to plug in our car. Yeah. So we would plug, you know, get into the parking lot and plug it in. And by the time we came back out... Our car was fully charged. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. You know, if ever there was an opportunity for Segway entrepreneurship, it would be renting out Segways inside the Music City Center. Mm, yes. My only possible concern with that would be Segways and escalators. I uh, think of the YouTube likes. I can't. I'm a mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was great. It was a great week. We had, what, like eight, 9,000 people at that event? Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was huge. And, I mean, everybody was there. Bill yeah. Johnson, John Arnett, Randy. Heidi and Roland, Reinhard Bonnke. Thank you. Leif Hetlin. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was super fun. We loved it. Yeah. We also ended up with an unexpected house guest, which was really fun. Yeah, house guest slash friend. Yes. Somebody we'd never met before, but we heard a lot about Jamie Galloway. Yeah. Came and stayed with us. It so was very fun. And he likes coffee, so that means he's welcome. We discovered an amazing app called Chore Monster. Yes. Parents out there. If your kids are struggling to do chores, go ahead and download Chore Monster. Enter some chores that you would like your kids to do. Attach points that you would value those chores for. And they will take great delight in taking off their chores in order to earn points, which yes. they can redeem for rewards. Yes, that's what we're doing. Currently, we have two rewards. Yes, because we're not that creative on the reward department yet. If you get 10 points, yes. you can have your iPad for half an hour. Mm-hmm. If you get 50 points, yes. you can have five bucks. Five dollars. But I'm pretty confident because my children have not yet grasped the concept of delayed gratification that we'll never be paying out cash. Yep. We've just saved ourselves an enormous amount of cash. Um, you had an MRI this week. I did have an MRI. For your shoulder? For my shoulder, yeah. Because they don't know what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. And you won't let me operate. No, strangely. All all those years at Harvard Medical wasted. Yeah. You just won't trust me. Nope. Okay, talk about MRIs. Well, it's a very bizarre experience. You fill out a form that basically guarantees you have no extra metal in your body, which makes you really think about, is there possibly some metal in my body that I didn't think about? Your adamantium bone structure. Ooh. And then you lie in this bed and they stick you in this tube that is so close to your face, like... I don't know if they just put the bed up like higher 
so that it's always really, really close to you. I have no idea, but uh, it was pretty intense. I'm a little bit claustrophobic, so they give you this panic alarm and they put on hearing protection, which was not enough hearing protection for me. Because the thing is super noisy? It's so noisy. And I have sensitive hearing anyway, but I was like this, I, I feel like somebody is doing a jackhammer on my head and you're in there for half an hour. So it was it was uh, pretty intense. So I just ended up, literally, I, I prayed for everybody I could think of while I was in there to, to just be like, okay, I'm just going to pray for other people so that I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm in a tube with a piece of plastic about an inch from my nose. So you get your results of your MRI back tomorrow? Yep. All right. Our topic for this week is the joy of social media. It is. And I mean that quite sincerely. Probably the most open to apps on my iPhone, and I suspect yours, would be social media apps. Yes. Where do you want to start? Let's start with our favorite app. Well, my favorite app would easily be Instagram. Yes. Me too. And I looked at my first picture I ever posted to Instagram. It was not interesting. It what was, was a, it of? It was a box of voice recorders from Prophetic Ministry, which I clearly I thought, oh, I'll download this app. I wonder how it works. Oh, you take a picture. Uh, there's a box. I'll take a picture of that. But I love that app. I, I, it's a perfect mix of creativity, expression, and windows into people's lives. Right. And so I'm, I just love following my friends on Instagram and getting caught up on what's going on in their life, whether it's videos or little snapshots. And there's a lot of cynicism around there that, you know, it's the best version of your life. But I don't care. I think it's just fantastic. I, I love being able to, you know, follow what's going on in people's lives. And I know lots of people, though, that post the not best version of their lives just because, like, I mean, I posted a picture last week when I was in agony because I thought, you know what, most of my friends follow me on Instagram. Some of them are going to be awake somewhere in the world and I need prayer because I'm right. in so much pain. Um, but I think that's true. For the most part, we do post the more of the successes than the failures. Yeah, but I think that's true in life anyway. When yeah, you sure. meet with people who aren't your close friends for dinner, and people are like, hey, you know, what's going on in your life? You tell them the best things that are going on. It's usually with your close friends that you tell them the real stuff that's going on. So I don't think that's a fair criticism. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say that Instagram is my favorite app on my iPhone. Oh, by far. It's the one that I open the most and probably enjoy the most. I think also I'm a very visual person. So, um, it's, you know, I, I actually use it for, for praying for people. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, you know, I don't obviously, for most of us, you don't tend to follow as many people as follow you. Right. And so I tend to only follow people that I'm really actually interested in their lives and what they're going through or whatever. And so as I'm going through, that's a horrible way of putting it, right? (laughs) It's a kind of horrible way of putting it, but it's the truth, so move on. Okay. <laughs> It'll make what I say about Facebook later seem really, really nice. Oh, so good. I continue. want to make you seem nice. Good. So I I use it to pray. Like I, you know, I'm looking through and, oh, my friend's on the road to go see their parents in Maine. Oh, you know, whatever. And I am I just pray as I'm going through. Like, okay, Father, bless their trip. Help the kids. You're a spiritual good. giant. And, you know, that's not a spiritual giant. That's just, like, you know, I... During throughout the day, I'll do, you know, pray for myself for different things. But this reminds me to pray for my friends. I can honestly say that praying for people while scrolling through Instagram is not what happens in my head. 
Oh my gosh. Every, I would say every time I open the app, I'm praying for That's people. That's what I mean. You're a spiritual chant. You're such an inspiration to me. Oh, thanks. I'm going to try praying for people when I look at Instagram. It's really fun. Right. But what happens? You're like, mm, Father, I just pray that they really enjoy that 100 layer donut. Mm, Father, I pray that they really enjoy that nice little latte. Mm, I mean, what do you pray about? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily pray. Well, I do. I pray over like $5 bakery, pray over their business and stuff like that. So when I see those kind of postings and I'm praying for their business. You truly are a Proverbs 31 wife. You're so funny. You're amazing. But I mean, I'm mostly, it's mostly like, you know, because moms will post pictures like, oh, Muggins is sick. And I'm like, oh, you know, so I'll, I do that kind of stuff. Or if somebody's not feeling well or. I love you, babe. Thanks. Instagram for me is the perfect balance of what I love about Twitter and what I love about Facebook. Okay. Explain that. Well, let me talk about Twitter and let me talk about Facebook and it should become apparent. Okay. All right, Twitter. Yes. Twitter launched in July of 2006. Yes. I heard about it and joined about it in January 2007. Yeah. As soon as I heard about it, I loved the concept. Yeah, you I, were super excited. I was super excited. I remember where we were because we were in the London Sheraton <laughs> by the by Heathrow Airport. Yeah. And I had just, at those days, you had to go up to the club lounge to get internet access. And eat tapas. We would. We'd eat tapas and... Um, Connect with the world. Connect with the world. And then I'd come back and I'd say, babe, there's a thing called Twitter. And it's amazing. It's 140 characters and you just talk about what you're doing. It's like microblogging. Because at that point, I'd kind of given up blogging. I'd spent a couple of years blogging. But I didn't want to disconnect from people and from the world. And this was just like, who doesn't have time to write 140 characters? I thought it was brilliant. Right. And the whole pitch of Twitter at the time was, what are you doing right now? Yeah. So it was very present. It was very short attention span geared. It was perfect for my personality. Right. What did you think when I told you about it? I was like, that'll never last. Like, <laughs> nobody's ever going to do that. Because I just was like, Facebook, you can get more information and there's pictures. And Twitter was just like, I mean, you can't even say, in my mind, I was like, How, what can you say that's valuable in 140 characters? And you held out for a good two years. I did. I, I resisted. You did not join until February 2009. Yes. And your first tweet. Because you were so excited in answering the question, what are you doing right now? Was, what am I doing? Question mark. Going to bed, exclamation mark, times three. <laughs> I w I'm always very excited when I get to go to sleep. Yeah, it's really, it's a banner moment for me. What I love about the Twitter model is it's this incredibly simple premise, but it actually gives you the capability of contacting Almost anyone on earth. Mm -hmm. Like, I could tweet the president of America tonight. I could, could send him, yeah, at POTUS. Okay. And somebody who works for him might check No, it's that. his own account. He tweets from that account. Seriously? Yeah. Huh. And celebrities and, you know, I mean, anybody, anybody who's on Twitter, you can directly reference them and it will show up in their at replies. That's an incredible concept. I don't know the email address of, say, Rick Warren. Right. But I do know how to contact Rick Warren if I needed to. And he right. does reply to people on Twitter. That's an amazing piece of technology. It's an amazing facet. So what I love about Twitter is that I can follow anybody I would like. And I can also read anybody's tweets without following them too. So there's people that I don't necessarily, they may be like prolific tweeters and I don't want my timeline. Because I'm pretty much an auto-completer on Twitter. Like I want to read everything in my feed. 
Some people are, uh, I'll just read whatever's there, but... Oh, I can't do that. I know. I want to go backwards, and I want to make sure I've read everything. So. I need to do that on Instagram, too. I need to make sure that I've caught up to the last picture that I saw so that right. I'm up to date. I'm the same, which is probably why we have very, very few people we actually follow, because yeah. we want to be diligent in, in how we approach that. Yeah, and it, I mean, I pray for those people, too, so it takes me a little bit longer. <laughs> you and your <laughs> praying on social media... I just scroll and favorite or like. Yeah. Babe, can I tell you what I'm doing while we're recording our podcast? Yeah. I'm I'm flipping back through Instagram trying to find my original first picture. So you're currently researching your first picture on Instagram. This better be worth it. I guarantee it's a child or a plate of food. Well, it, it isn't. It's, it's a tree. <laughs> well. I'm there. I found it. It's a tree. Okay. I'm glad you took the effort. On yeah. That time. Yeah. It's a pretty tree. What do you think about Twitter now that you've been using it? I don't use Twitter really still right. even that much. Like I might tweet, I was going to say twit something. I might tweet something like once or twice a week, if that, probably more like once a week. And it's usually just if I've heard some profound thing. Like you retweet something. that I, Yeah. Or... You know, I'm listening to a teaching while I'm walking or whatever, and I think, "Oh, that's amazing!" And I've and and the thought has stuck with me all day. Then I might tweet that out. That's that's one of the aspects of Twitter I love mm-hmm. is that we we live in a very Twitter centric congregation. So when either of us are preaching, it's amazing to get real time feedback while you're teaching to see your 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 Twitter. What hit the mark, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a, an amazing tool that was never there before. You know, the only equivalent would be somebody staying behind and shaking your hand on a Sunday morning going, thank you, Pastor, I really appreciate this. But now people can just tweet the stuff that impacted them and then retweet and, you know, round and round it goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I still like Instagram better because I'm, I'm just so visual. Yeah, you like the pictures. But I like that on Instagram I can hit post to Facebook, post to Twitter, See, that's the thing that annoys me, though. Why? I get frustrated seeing the same post on multiple networks. But I'm as guilty of that as anybody else. Right. Um, I just try and space it out. But then you have to go back in and repost. Who has mm. time for that? I use an app called Buffer, which automatically of course schedules you do. On. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Facebook. I don't want to be negative about Facebook, but I don't enjoy using Facebook. Why? Well, f- for starters, I'm quite picky about my software, and I really don't like the user interface, and I really don't like their approach to... For example, the timeline confuses me. Uh-huh. The timeline in Twitter and Instagram makes sense to me. Like, I'm I'm looking at things from now, and then if I scroll up, I'm looking at things in the past. Right. In... On Facebook, it seems to populate my timeline with stuff I'm neither interested in nor is chronological. Right. It might not be current. It might be something that happened two weeks ago. Or it might be something I've already seen that it's repopulating. It's bubbled back up and I'm like, I already saw this. Well, I usually think somebody's gone in for a second surgery for the same thing, you know, because it doesn't occur to me that Facebook would pull something that they've already posted weeks ago and repost it. Right. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the first one didn't work. The other weird thing about Facebook, and I, I I understand why they do this, and it kind of makes sense, it's just not the way I live, in that with Instagram and Twitter, you have a follow mentality. 
And I know that Facebook has kind of introduced this. But basically, you can follow me and I don't have to follow you. Or vice versa. Right. On Facebook, if somebody requests to be my friend, basically the way I interpret that is, is you're asking to see the content I've produced. Right. Okay, I'll let you do that. But that automatically then says, oh, great, Alan, you get to see everything person X has produced. And I'm right. like, that's great, but I might not be interested in what they're seeing. Right. In fact, I can almost guarantee I won't be interested in what they're seeing, or I would have already friended them. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm already following the people I'm interested in. Right. And so... But what if you don't realize that person's interesting? You may not know. That's true, but because of the way the timeline works, things, there's no guarantee that the person I just followed, I'm actually ever going to see their stuff. That is absolutely true. So it requires an awful lot of curation to get your timeline to a state that I'm actually happy with. Which, of course, you can't do. Well, you can do. You can click this little drop-down button that says, don't show me any more posts from this person. What? Yes. I didn't know this. Well, this Darling. is why I exist. Okay. This Let's, is why you exist, to help me curate Facebook. Thanks, sweetheart. Right. Think of all the people who are not going to be getting your prayers after tonight. <laughs> do, you pray, do you pray on Facebook too, or do you I just do. groan on Facebook? I do. I get more frustrated with Facebook, because I think also because there's ads. The one thing I do enjoy with Facebook is sometimes there's like little clever videos, you know, where you're right. just like, oh, that was really funny. And I probably never would have seen that, because... It's not a from a TV show that I watch or, right. you know what I mean? So I enjoy those little like snippets of things. Um, but then, you know, there's always the sponsor feeds and, mm -hmm. you know, or the woman that's lost 500 pounds while her husband was in Iraq. And it's always the same story, but different pictures of I different need, females. I need to show you a plugin that will remove all the ads from Facebook. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I need that. The other thing about Facebook that I've noticed is there's a higher level of crazy on Facebook than is apparent on Twitter and Instagram. Please to define crazy. Well, what I mean is if I tweet something and you don't like it, yeah. you can either just ignore my tweet and it will just go by and you're right. likely not to see it again. Right. Or if you are really feeling passionate, you can reply to me. At Alan, I totally disagree. Right. And I can either read that and choose to respond to it or, or not. But the point is your reply will only be seen by people who happen to follow you and me. Right. On Facebook, if I put the same post and you don't like it, you can make your feelings known on my post. And so what's happened is I'm leveraging other people's opinions to my audience, which I don't like yes. doing. Yeah. I, I'm happy for you to express your opinions to your audience, yeah. but I actually haven't invited you to share the microphone, so to speak. And some people have full-on wars on their on their Facebook pages. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My 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 dream when I'm feeling not very responsible as a leader is to post a slightly inflammatory post on Facebook arguing for or against circumcision, vaccination, gun control, my opinions on gay rights, and my choice of political candidate just to see what would happen. <laughs> it's like throwing a grenade <laughs> into you know, an already burning fire of kerosene. Right. And yet it seems to attract people who think this is the perfect venue for me to express my opinions in a sentence on this highly controversial topic. I wonder if those people just don't feel like they feel heard anywhere else. I, I don't know. I think it's like insanity. Yeah. It's, it's not the great place to be expressing opinions yeah. on highly volatile topics. Typically, I don't, I don't try and launch into highly volatile topics, uh, with the possible exception of Halloween. 
Because it's fun. See? But I think it's a fool's errand. I think if Facebook was available in King Solomon's day, most of Proverbs would be written about Facebook followers. Wow. I'm sure you could still apply all the verses about the fool and the folly Probably. to Facebook. Maybe that's, I'll do a sermon illustration on that. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for the stuffiness of my nose. I, I'm, I'm sure it's gross, especially if you're listening through headphones. I apologize. It's kind of cute, though. It's a cute kind of stuff. The snot filling up all my breathing apparatus is we, cute. We can't hear that. You just sound cute. <laughs> what about... Well, what, hang on. You haven't oh. told me what you like about Facebook. I like... Um, pictures. I, <laughs> I'm always about the pictures. The thing that I like better about Facebook than Instagram, and it's uh-huh. probably the only thing, is events. So, for example, somebody gets married and they post their wedding pictures or whatever, and they got married in wherever, New Zealand, Iceland, someplace right. where I, I didn't make the wedding, I can't make the wedding. Instagram, most people are only going to post one or two pictures. They don't want to blow up your feed, hopefully. You know, so there's one or two pictures. Well, I can go to Facebook, look that person up, and maybe look at 20 or 30 pictures, and I can get an idea of what did the room look like and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that probably doesn't matter a whole lot maybe to you or to boys. That's astonishing insight. But but <laughs> but for me, I'm like, oh, look, they had their whatever fairy tale wedding or they this represents them so well or whatever so i love that with like baby pictures or whatever that it's more than just one picture and sometimes there's like little goofy pictures where you're like oh see good they're happy or whatever the other thing that's good about facebook yeah and i really applaud them for this is they have mass market appeal yeah and by that i mean people from my mother's generation they get facebook they understand how it works my mom never understood email. She didn't understand Instagram. But boy, did she understand Facebook. She really did. She, she was totally great at it. got it. Yeah. And so I think the most alarming thing for us, I think the most alarming thing for me was when we started our efforts on AlanAJ.com, you know, publishing articles and doing a podcast, is, you know, obviously we let people know on various social networks that, hey, there's a new article or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at the traffic and where it would come from, overwhelmingly it was coming from Facebook. That was a shock to me because Mm -hmm. I hardly ever use Facebook. It was a shock to me that the rest of the world was. Mm -hmm. And so that really made me go, okay, you actually have to get back in the Facebook world and learn about it. Do you know the one redemptive redemptive factor about Facebook? What? Is they have a fantastic app called Paper. They do or there is a fantastic app? Facebook engineers wrote an app called Paper. Oh. And it's their next generation browsing client for facebook it's really clever it's really beautiful it solves all my gripes about user interface and user interaction and if you haven't checked out i'd really encourage can, you to do it can i ask a brief question yeah how long have you had this app i don't know since it came out which was when i don't deal in time dude i'm just hearing about this for the first time today you know what? i sleep next to you <laughs> And Facebook is so frustrating at times. I was scarred that when I told you about Twitter, it took you two years to take my <laughs> advice. I just kind and of, that's that's what it is. Yeah, it? I quarantined my input lest you oh. shun me again. Oh, I'm so sorry, babe. I totally repent for that. Okay. Okay. Paper. Got pa- it. Papier, if you're French. I uh, I also like. I don't know if it's a social media app necessarily, but I love the um the yellow app with the dinosaur. The Time Hop app. 
Oh, I'm sure the people who came up with that name are just thrilled that you've reduced it to the yellow app of the dinosaur. <laughs> well, again, visual person. I love Time Hop. This is what I understand Time Hop to be, is on any given day, it will flag a photo that maybe you took or a, a thing you posted two mm-hmm. years ago. 18 months ago, you posted this. No, it's never going to be 18 months ago. It's always going to be on a year mark. So a year, two years, seven years. Right. Mm-hmm. So why do you care about that, given that's in the past? Um, I think for me, well, I love seeing pictures of the kids as they are growing up and it just reminds me of how cute and cuddly they were once. And, and now uh, they have ferocious fangs. <laughs> now um, no, but I mean, I, I like that you get to watch them grow, but I think also you tend to, because you tend to post the things that you're celebrating, which is what we talked about is a weakness of Instagram. Right. Your, your time hop tends to be a reminder of those things that you have celebrated in the past and therefore a reminder of things that God has done in your life, either through you or for you, that you celebrated at one point. And it reminds me to be thankful. So I like look back at those things and I think, oh, wow. Like, I mean, I've seen time hops of like when Abby was in the NICU and stuff. And I remember how hard those days felt, you know? And then I think, but there she is and she's eight years old and she's really tall and, you know, she's fine. And, you know, so you just, it, it reminds me to be thankful. It reminds me that God's done amazing, amazing things. Even if this week it felt like ho-hum and just nine to five, God has throughout, you know, been doing cool things and it, it reminds me of that. You know what social media tells me? What? That you're a spiritual giant. You're either praying for people or you're giving thanks for things. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. As we, Probably a lot of people are doing that. Uh-huh. Maybe. As we f- wrap up our Facebook thoughts, yeah. before moving on to Pinterest, <gasps> Pinterest. I wonder if I could do a public service announcement to people who post on Facebook. Please do. It's that whole concept that having a feeling is reasonable, but expressing it may not be. Yeah. It's not necessary that everyone knows about and treats all of our feelings tenderly all the time. Right. So what I've noticed is that people often post things to Facebook in the hope that the people they're mad at will read rather than going to the person or the company that they're mad at and saying, hey, this is why I'm frustrated. So sometimes while scrolling through your Facebook feed, you accidentally get slimed by somebody who's super frustrated. Right. Yeah, so I don't know if that's just people need better tools Mm -hmm. or they've never been taught that that's... You know, that, hey, the rest of the world can see that you're mad. Did you mean to post that deliberately? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, I realize that I'm kind of guilty of doing what I'm complaining that they're complaining about <laughs> because on a podcast, I'm telling people they shouldn't do this. Right, and now you've trapped them. They have to listen to your, vi- your rant. I apologize. Okay. All right. At the risk of sounding like my grandmother, I don't think I fully comprehend what Pinterest is or how it works. Oh. Uh. Mommy loves Pinterest. Okay, talk to me about Pinterest. Well, so Pinterest is uh, basically a site where you pin things, thus the name, um, from other websites that interest you in whatever categories that you set up under your profile. So you do follow other people and people follow you. And you might have, I mean, depending on the person, some people have lots of stuff like fashion and, you know, whatever pinned. I tend to have recipes in about 20 different categories and household items and like a wish list of things you'd like to do to the house or buy for the house yes or some decorating ideas yeah, that sort of decorating stuff. ideas 
um, or things that like games to play with kids in the summer or, you know, like just stuff that inspires you to be creative and try something new. So I've created lots of the Pinterest recipes, which you have been the recipient of. Which way to go Pinterest because we had delicious chicken tandoori tonight. Yeah. So, um, and it's great because it's not like you're offending anybody. You can modify whatever you want, but it's great inspiration for anything that you want to do. And then, you know, I also pin stuff like, oh, I love that paint color or, oh, I, you know, I'd love to make one of those one day or, you know. But am I right in thinking that you can only pin pre-existing content? Yes. Like you couldn't jump on Pinterest and say, and start something original. You'd have to find something on the internet that you can then yeah, share. Yeah, on a blog or a website or something, and then so you would pin it. kind of like bookmarking with pictures. Yes. Right. I'm not being sexist here, but it sounds like things that chicks would love, and I'm struggling to think of a purpose for it for me. Well, you might like it for, like, technical gadgets or, That's you called know. an Amazon wish list. Right. Um, well, think of it this way. It it could be something where, like some of the recipes, I pin them so that I'm going to go back and have a better look at them and see if I can switch the ingredients around to make it work for our dietary needs. And right. then I drop them if they're not going to work, stuff like that. So you might pin things that you're like, huh, I'm going to have a look at that later and that you might not remember to go have a look at. I tried to use Pinterest once, yeah, but my... Username that I like to use for everything wasn't available. Which is just your name. Uh, Alan. At at this point, I'd like to thank my parents for giving me a very unique spelling of Alan. Because so far, I've very successfully obtained the username Alan on pretty much every site I use. Which I can see why that would be an absolute necessity. Before you can possibly use a social media site. <laughs> I can't detect whether the sarcasm or whether you agree with my principles. There might, be, there might be a slight amount of sarcasm. This week, I was inspired by your love of Pinterest. Yes. And I created an Alan and AJ account on Pinterest. Oh, cool. To try and post some of the stuff that we've got on our website. I'm not sure if I did it right. If any of you are on Pinterest, if you'd like to go and check Alan and AJ on Pinterest and see if I did it right and follow oh, us and we'll follow you. <laughs> Um, just to see if we're doing that right. If it's empty, we didn't do it right. (laughs) My initial things is, so I typed in some people I guessed would be on Pinterest, like Shannon, for example. Right. When I went to Shannon's page, I was just overwhelmed. I was like, there is so much stuff on here. Do you not get overwhelmed with it? No. No, because, you know, when you go to their actual page, it's usually organized under certain categories. And typically when I'm trolling Pinterest, I'm looking for specific things. Like I, I rarely look at Pinterest just because I'm waiting around doing nothing because I'm rarely waiting around doing nothing. Does that make sense? Right. So usually I'm looking for lunch ideas for the kids that are gluten-free or, you know, paleo this or whatever. So I tend to go through looking for what I'm looking for. And so I, I guess I just skip. Am I that. right in thinking that Pinterest is the one social network that you use and you don't pray while using? That's correct. <laughs> okay. We're on equal footing. I, I feel, don't think I've ever prayed while using Pinterest. I feel better about myself right now. Other than I might have asked the Holy Spirit how to switch out a recipe. Oh, you're unbelievable. It's not the same thing, though. Any other thoughts on social media before we finish? Yeah, I guess I was just thinking one of my favorite things about Instagram and, and Facebook, but but I probably, because I'm in Instagram more, I probably use it more for this, but just 
it makes people that are far away seem closer. Right. So for me, every day I'm getting to see stuff from my friends in Australia or Iceland or Canada or England or, you know, whatever. And again, it just makes me feel like I'm not completely missing their lives yeah. um, when we moved here. Yeah, so, I agree. So I love that. I love that even though we're not traveling anymore, there's little bits of connecting. You can leave little comments, but I mean, typically if I see something that I'm like, that's awesome, I'm going to text them and just say, hey, I saw this on Instagram, so happy for you, you know, whatever. Um, But it feels like I'm not completely missing everybody's life. Very good. Yeah, so I love that part. Oh, you're so sweet. Do you want to listen to this question? Yeah, sure. This is from Scott. Hi, Scott. He said, I did the Finding Father workbook a few years ago, and it was great. Awesome. I love the soaking and journaling. To be honest, that study really catapulted my journaling with the Father. I did it in a group with two other guys, and I still struggle with not acting like an orphan or orphaning out, as you called it. On the chart of doom, I would say I made progress, but still the autopilot response tends to be orphan thinking, not son or daughter thinking. Do you think going through the 12-week program again is a good idea? And do you have a Finding Father Part 2 or any other recommendations? Well, I don't have a Part 2 yet. Um, do I think it would be great? Yeah, I think it would be great to go through it a second time. I'm not joking. I've been through it more than two times and I wrote it (laughs) and I still get hit by stuff that I'm like, oh, I knew that once, but that truth, obviously I've let go of because I'm not living that anymore. So I need to re re reestablish that truth in my life kind of thing. So, but you know, don't be discouraged by orphan moments. You probably have a lot less of them than you did originally. And that's, we're right. all just heading in that direction of just, you know, letting revelation go deeper and let it, it bring us more healing. And so, you know, we live a little bit less orphany, a little more like a son. I think that's very accurate. I mean, you've often said that you spent 10 years listening to the Father Heart message mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And it took about that long before you got the message. It took that long before I stopped hating it. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, our students go through Finding Father, they go through a week with, you know, the Father Heart. And when we ask them to come back and be a small group leader, they'll hear that message for a second time. They'll inevitably say, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much you added this year. And we're like, nope, still the same stuff that we taught you last year. (laughs) And what happens is the first time you go through something, you have no paradigm for any of it. So it's all new. Yeah. When you go through it a second time, you have a foundation and new stuff will start appearing to you. Sure, and stuff goes a lot deeper because right. you don't have the same walls up. And the other thing I wanted to encourage you with, is Scott, is you were saying that, you know, I am just noticing that my autopilot response is still like an orphan. Be encouraged by that because it's growth. Prior to you doing that course, you wouldn't even have known or recognized orphan-like tendencies. Right. So the fact that you're identifying it means that you're going, okay, Lord, there's an area of my heart that still needs a revelation that you love me. Would you would you help me with that? And that's what then that's what you can do, Scott. Is in that moment, whether you have a time right at that very second, or whether you just sometime before you go to bed say, "Hey, Lord, I noticed this reaction that I had. Right. Would you come and and reveal to me what part of my heart doesn't realize how loved I am? What part of me is feeling insecure? You know, like what's missing." Like Graham says, what's missing from my experience of right. you? Um, and you can do that in you know daily or in the moment, and that will also help sort of unhook some of those um, triggers of, of orphan behavior. And if you're listening to us going, I don't have a clue what orphan-like behavior is or <laughs> orphaning out or what the heck is the chart of doom and do I really want to know? All this is found in the book that AJ wrote called Finding Father. 
If you haven't read Finding Father, we'd really unashamedly encourage you to read that because it's an excellent book in introducing the concept of the Father's love. It is written as a 12-week study guide. You can go through on your own or you can go through it in small groups like Scott did. Um, we're about to order our third run of books. We're almost sold out completely, uh, which is really encouraging. But we also have electronic versions that you could download today. If you're a Kindle user, you will find Finding Father on the Kindle store. We also have a version for iPhones and iPads. And if you are an iPad user, we prepared a special multimedia enhanced edition of Finding Father, especially for the iPad. You can check this out on iBooks. We will put everything that we've talked about today uh, in our show notes. You can get our show notes at alanaj.com slash 64. If you would like to follow us on any of the social media platforms we've mentioned before, we are available at Alan and AJ for both of us at Alan, A-L-Y-N, for me, and at underscore A.J. Jones for all of A.J.'s stuff. You know, uh, I think we should post in the show notes our first Instagram pictures. They're not that interesting. Yours and mine. You have a tree and I have a box of voice recorders. It's a really pretty tree. I wish I could say (laughs) it was a really pretty box of voice recorders. All right, never mind. Let's not do that. We hope you have an amazing week. Please get in contact with us over social media. We'd love to hear from you. Have an incredible week. We'll see you next week. See you next week.